another one. It's your girl, Alexandra the Great, and this is the Binge Babe Podcast. Um, first, I'm just going to give y'all fair warning, please. Bear with me today. I am exhausted from work. That's why I, I haven't, I need a haircut. I got my glasses on and things. Like, I'm so sleepy, but we're going to get through this. Peep the t-shirt. If you haven't guessed already or did not read the title before clicking on this video, we're talking Endgame today. Before we begin, this is my giraffe that y'all saw in my intro video. I got her at Disney World recently, and I couldn't figure out what to name her, but now I know what I'm going to name her. Her name is Shuri. Everyone say hi, Shuri. It's my baby. Favorite animal in the world. So I just had to say that because it's a Marvel night, and Shuri deserves her camera time work so with that said <laughs> sorry i'm not gonna set her up there let's just get right into it avengers endgame um was incredible it was eventful it was emotional it was i believe overall well written and uh well put together and, you know, it took us on a very unexpected trip um, compared to a lot of predictions we made after seeing Infinity War. You know, they took some different routes, and I enjoyed it. So let's get right on into it. Um, the movie opens with Hawkeye hanging out with his family, and you could just see what's coming because, like, we know what the deal is, okay? Everyone, half the world, half of the universe's population got dusted. We saw it happen at the very end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, and we still are on a cliffhanger for uh, Scott Lang. We don't know what's up with that yet. And so you, you already know, hey, Hawkeye's having a good moment with his family? Oh, no. We can't have that. Poof. So take everyone out, his wife and all three of his kids. Gone. And the way it was done was just like... It was fast. It was like you see you see Clint like turn this way and then you turn back and us in the audience we catch those little remnants of the dust but he didn't even see it happen so he doesn't even understand like where did they go. It was just like choked me up in my chest. I was like wow. Wow. So this is what we're doing first thing in the movie. K. That's great. Whatever. So then you know credits roll and we see Tony stuck in space just like we did in the trailer um as a lot of people guessed everything that happened in the trailers was roughly like the first 20 minutes of the movie and that was true they didn't show us nothing and I appreciate that because I hate when trailers show everything um that's not usually the case with Marvel movies but just in general like um netflix is a prime example a lot of netflix original movies you can watch the whole film in the trailer like what's the point um i think they're getting better at it but that's just one example um so tony and nebula are out in space they're bonding you know tony is doing his recordings to pepper and at one well first of all I was like, why not stay on Titan? Because then it seemed like there was oxygen there. He didn't need his helmet while on. I mean, like, if 
that's just a thought I had. Why float around in the spaceship if there's nowhere to go and then run out of oxygen and die? You could have stayed on Titan. Now, would he have died anyway? Sure, because you're going to run out of food and water, but at least you wouldn't have suffocated. I don't know. That's, that has nothing to do with nothing. But one part I wanted to point out from this scene um, is something I read online about the use of numbers in this film. Um, when Tony is talking to Pepper on the recording, he says, is day 21? No, 22. And that was a nod towards the fact that Endgame is the 22nd Marvel movie or MCU movie, I should say. So I, so when I read that, I was like, ooh, okay. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Um, and then there's another numerical moment later that I'll talk about, but I'm not sure if it's actually true. Um, anyways, so from the trailers, you know, we're like, so how did Tony get back to Earth? Captain Marvel came and got him. Easy answer. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Um, Because like we saw at the end of Captain Marvel, the end credit scene is with the Avengers with Nick Fury's beeper. And they're like, we're sending a signal. Who is it? Where is she? And then Carol shows up. So within the time of, you know, between the movies, we assume that now Carol has familiarized herself with the Avengers. She knows what, I mean, well, she definitely knows about people, about half the universe being gone, because she's out there with the other planets. She's seen what happened. She just don't know why. But they get her caught up. She goes, rescues Tony, and we're back. So everyone's in the room. You can see the faces of the missing people up in the screen, and Sherry popped up, and it just still hurts my heart, because how are they going to play us like that? I feel like um, when Black Panther 2 finally comes out, that's when they're finally going to give us the visual of seeing her like get dusted or whatever because I need answers. I need to know what was going on when T'Challa and Shuri was gone. But let me not get ahead of myself. We're going to get there. Whew. This movie's a lot. I'm getting riled up again already. It's been a week and a half since I watched it and I'm just like, yeah. I've seen it twice now. I saw it on Thursday and the first Thursday and the first Saturday I was in there um but anyways so they're in the avengers tower building place and you know just saying hey we gotta go get thanos Da-da-da, we gotta get these stones we gotta reverse it um carol in there is is in there talking big stuff and i love it i enjoy captain marvel so much she is the most powerful uh, Avenger, most powerful by far. And she's real cocky with it. And I appreciate it. She deserves to be. Because, you know, as many of you have seen with the uh, Meninists on the Twitters and things, they are acting like she's being arrogant. But I'm like, do you know who Captain Marvel is? Do you know what she can do? Because... Were we watching the same movie? Yeah. She deserves. She's not arrogant for being a woman. Because if it was a man with those po- po- uh, with those p- same powers, acting the way she is, then he would just be big, bad, and confident. No, she is big, bad, and confident too. Period. But let me draw back. Because I'm standing a little too hard. Love Captain Marvel. Um... 
Oh, also an, another thing is that I just love that uh, Steve Rogers cusses all the time. It's like the fact that like Beyonce cusses all the time now. And it's just like, we remember a time when you were like squeaky clean and now you're not anymore. We love it. Sidebar, not important. I just love it. Uh, okay, so everyone hops in the ship and they go looking for Thanos because Nebula knows where he is. Um, there's a moment where Steve looks down at his little locket and has a picture of Peggy in it. Now, we're on a mission to go find Thanos and reverse the damage. So, I didn't understand what was up with the locket, but it made sense later on in the movie. So, it was just a foreshadowing moment, and we're moving on. Um, so, Thanos is on his remote little planet all by himself in the kitchen, seasoning up some prickly fruit. I don't know what he's making. And you can see his whole, like, left arm is all burnt up up to his like neck and face and the gauntlet is all melted down and stuff so that thing's on his arm he can't even take it off apparently he used the now here's the thing the gaunt when he snapped his fingers in infinity war you could see the damage to the gauntlet initially so i was under the impression it didn't work anymore but i guess it still did a little bit because he used the stones to destroy the stones and almost killed himself in the process. All right. So they do their little back and forth. Thanos hits him with the with a good read. He says something like, um, you couldn't live with your failure. And where did that bring where did that bring you? Back to me. I was like, ooh, you real sassy. You real sassy for someone with the burnt up arm. I, it was a read. Um, and then yeah, so Thor pops off and slices homeboy's head off. And everyone's like, uh, dude, whoa. And Thor's like, I went for the head that time. And he just looks so sad. Like, oh, my poor baby. Thor has been through a lot. Thor has been through a lot, okay? And we're gonna, we're gonna talk more on Thor soon, but he has been through a lot. And... Shout out to Chris Hemsworth because he's acting his butt off. He is really emoting like the the gradual like sadness that's building up in Thor is being portrayed very well. I see it. I feel it. Who Lord? Yeah. So after Thor chops the head and then does his walk out of the room, the like screen face kind of like the black I was like so is this the end of the movie because that's how it felt I was like okay no but it really wasn't obviously um because this is maybe 20 minutes into the movie um then you see on the screen five years later oh so we just sat here with half the world missing for a really long time okay and when you come when you come la 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 when the screen comes back up, you see that the earth is in shambles. They talk about how there's all these crazy earthquakes going all over the world, even on other planets. Um, ugh, where did that come from? Um, and it rem it's, it's funny because Thanos did this to allegedly save these planets and create more resources. But I watched a YouTube video this woman explaining how 
Thanos getting rid of, and it's not 50% of people, it's 50% of living creatures. So him getting getting rid of 50% of living creatures would actually destroy the earth as it is because it essentially destroys ecosystem. First, you think about predators. You think about animals that have predators. If 50% of the predators go missing, even if 50% of the prey go missing, the prey are more likely to reproduce back up, say like deer or uh, I don't know what predator a deer has. Um, maybe the example is like antelope or something. Let's do that. 50% of the lions are gone, 50% of the antelope are gone, right? Antelope reproduce really fast though. So with just a few lions that only have babies like one or two at a time, like humans do because we're what, mammals? The deer reproduce very fast though. So their population is gonna go back up and they're gonna live longer because there's not a lot of predators out there killing them. They're also going to eat up all the vegetation which is actually going to destroy the earth. So yeah, there's more of them but circle of life is thrown off. Also, she talked about how endangered species would just be completely screwed. You think of um, certain whales or um, honeybees, things like that. Pollinators that are endangered right now, get rid of half of them, we're to crap. Uh, again, vegetation is gonna die right out because ain't nothing pollinating them. That goes for bees, uh, fruit bats, things like that. So just something to think about. Um, a little off topic, but if I can refine that video, I'm going to leave a link in the description because it was fascinating to watch. I should have saved it. I'm not sure if I did. It was fascinating. Sister spitting facts. So long story short, Thanos was wrong. Thanos was wrong. Um, so again, five years later, um, honestly... I was about to talk about Steve and his little support group. That doesn't, no, don't nobody care about that. What we really care about is that Steve, uh, not Steve, my God, Scott, Scott Lang has returned thanks to a really fat San Francisco rat. Um, shout out to City Rats. You, um, half of y'all got snapped off, but you know, at least one of y'all lived long enough to do the right thing. So the rat crawls across the little thing and poof. Scott comes back and we find out oh and then Kim Jong was uh in there he had a little cameo he didn't say nothing but he was there we seen you so um Ant-Man relays the message later that yes he was in the I don't know the science words he was in the Adam land I don't know <laughs> He was inside the machine for the entirety of the five years, yes, but to him it only felt like five hours because time works differently up in there and just that and third and science, science, science. Um, which is, am I getting ahead of myself? No, I'm not. Which is how, which sets up the main plot of the movie is that the heroes are going to try to test out some time travel to go back and get the stones before Thanos does. So, first of all, 
they pretty much was like the way you think time travel works in movies and stuff it just doesn't um instead of going back in the past and then coming back to the future no pun intended um <laughs> when you're in well they're in 2023 so if you're in 2023 and you go back to 2012 2012 is not in the past anymore. 2012 now is in front of 2023. It becomes your new future and so on and so forth. I don't know who I lost at that moment, but that's how I understand it and that's how I'm trying to explain it. So if I'm in 2023 and I want to go back to 2012, I'm not in the past anymore. This is my new timeline. This is my future. I'm moving on from there. Time is moving in a straight line. We're just flipping the blocks. That's how I understand it so far. Um, which I thought was fascinating. I'm like, you know what? This is great. This is fun. Um, I had a blast. People said that it was convoluted. I didn't think it was convoluted. I thought it was fun. But anyways, um, so who do they need help from to do this? Tony, of course, the man with the plan. Um, now, Tony also, you know, went through a lot through this whole Thanos ordeal. He's been going through it since uh at least iron man 2 if not iron man 1 because you know he was having them dreams and the visions and just dealing with all these things um or since the at least the first avengers i believe tony's been going through some thanos related things for a really long time um and so with the loss of like peter and everyone else like he's just going through it luckily pepper's still alive so they just Settle down. They have a little girl. Her name is Morgan. And she's precious. And they go for his help. And he's like, nah, at first. Because he's just straight. He's like, I got my woman. I got my baby. Got my house by the lake. I'm finished. Um, Let me see. Where am I at? In my notes. So... Oh, another foreshadowing moment. When we're first introduced to little Morgan, she's wearing the Iron, I guess Iron Lady. I don't know what it's really called. The Iron Man mask that Tony made for Pepper. She's wearing this. That's a little foreshadowing moment that we'll get back to later. Um. So, in the grand scheme of things, you know... Tony's like, nah, at first. But then he hops on board. Um, but before he does that, they reach out to Bruce Banner, who has somehow worked it out with the Hulk, and now they are one. They're zen. They're together. And now we have Professor Hulk, who um, it's already been discussed briefly on the timeline, but Professor Hulk was fine. He was a thick zaddy, and you can feel free to judge me. I have a community, okay? There's a full group of us ladies and a few gentlemen who synced it, okay? We synced it. Mark Ruffalo himself is already adorable, so put that together with a big in. Oh, my Lord. Y'all know how I feel about big in. Shout out to Mbaku, but anyways. <laughs> um... So, in the grand scheme of things, we talked about Thor. He's been blaming himself. Tony's been blaming himself. 
even better, he's blaming himself. Like, a lot of people are going through internal turmoil and things. But Scott, shout out to Scott. You know what? They let Ant-Man step up in this movie, and I, I enjoyed it. So, you know, Scott's like the man with the plan or the man with the idea anyway. So they work all that out. Awesome sauce. Um, everyone's on board. Now, sidebar, Hawkeye. Apparently, um, you know, um, Nat has been looking for him for, you know, those five years or whatever. And apparently he's been traveling around the world, like, just taking his anger out on, like, gangsters and kingpins or whatever. They verbally mentioned him taking out some dudes in Mexico. And then they show us, they show us him, they show him killing a bunch of guys in Japan. So my thing is, and I felt this watching this initially, I was like, so he's just traveling around the world killing a bunch of colors? Is that what's happening? Who else, where else did he go? I need answers. And another young lady was like, on Twitter, was talking about how, why does he need to travel all over the world? when there are full-blown mega-Nazis right here in America that he could just take out for us. QTNA. But whatever. So, Nat finds him and brings him back, and, you know, they do their little test runs, and Clint's like, I volunteer his tribute, because why the hell? And, why the hell not? And, you know, whatnot. So they do the thing, experiments. It works eventually. Um... Now, with that said, we're going to swing right over to New Asgard, which is, what, in Maine or something? I don't know. Valkyrie's alive. Shout out to my girl. She still has an attitude. We stand. Um, and then we get to see New Thor, who I call Thick Thor. Um, technically, he's overweight Thor. He's not exactly thick. He's actually, like, full beer belly. Um, because Thor has been doing nothing but drinking a lot of beer, growing out, just forgetting about grooming. The beard is everywhere, the hair is everywhere, and just eating crap and playing video games. Because Thor is depressed. And... You know, the discussion on using... Uh, big people, fat people, overweight people as the butt of the joke, especially when you can see that Tony's um, issues and depressions made him lose a whole bunch of weight. But the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the tone, the tone around Tony's weight loss was super sympathetic, whereas the tone around Thor's weight gain was super co uh, comedic or uh, like they were kind of making fun of him. And that's just, like, questionable moment motives. But overall, I was with Thor 100%. Um, seeing me at my current weight, y'all are probably like, what? You're not big at all. But I, one, I know how to dress for my body. And also, you know, a girl's been through some things. So the whole being depressed and getting away from it, relatable. And that's all I'm going to say on that. I I felt it. I felt it. Um, alright, so we're moving right into Act 2, where we are ready for the time heist. 
There are three stones in New York in the year of 2012. There is one stone in Asgard. Um, oh, let me rewind a little bit. The three stones in New York 2012. That's a reference to the first Avengers movie. Then the one that's in Asgard. Asgard is a reference to Thor 2, The Dark World. I believe that's what it's called. It wasn't a good movie. Um, <laughs> and then there are two, the two last stones are in Morag and Vormir, year 2014, which is a reference to Guardians of the Galaxy 1, the first one. Um, so in this uh, going back in time moment, I really was probably like the highlight of the whole movie. I don't care what anyone says. If you were confused, you were not paying attention. Google something. I don't know. But like all the callbacks and the flashbacks and like this and the third was just, it was lovely. We got to see Loki um, and everything. And it really was like, hey, this is our love letter to our ride or die MCU fans. Like you've been with us through the begin since the beginning. You watch and rewatch these movies. Here are the snippets and the references just for y'all. Like anyone who's a casual Marvel watcher or who didn't really watch all the movies, a lot was going over y'all heads. I know it was. It was just going right over. I had a blast because I've seen these movies. Even Thor 2. I've seen it twice. And, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. Um, it was just great. So... Shout out to America's ass. Hold it down. Um, call me Peggy. <laughs> Cause anyways. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, okay. So the elevator scene where future Cap gets onto Captain America gets onto the elevator with the Hydra people that they didn't know was Hydra people at first, you know. Um I was excited. I was like, oh, are we doing are we doing the elevator fight again? Is that what we're doing? But I'm not sure if that happened in the first Avengers. It might or maybe it did. I don't I just remember the scene. I can't, you know, I'm there, but I'm not a, a super expert. I'm just a professional. Um That was a good metaphor. I'm a professional, but not an expert. It's levels. Um but instead of them redoing the elevator fight, I mean, we've seen it already, you know, no need to redo it. They instead have Cap leaning and whisper, Hail Hydra, which is actually one of many little moments that they put in a movie for the comic book fans. Because um, now when I refer, when I reference the comic books, um, don't don't take my word literally. Feel free to do your own research. I'm trying to kind of recall things that I've learned from comic book readers. I would like to be a comic book reader, but in terms of time and money and resources, I ain't got all that. Not right now. Maybe one day. So do I read the comics? Um, I've read very few and I think they were all Black Panther. So the answer is no. Um, so anyways... Cap whispering Hail Hydra was a nod to one of the comic books where either Captain America or a clone, I can't remember. 
was part of Hydra and with the Nazis and stuff, and he turned evil or whatever. So that's a little nod for you comic book people. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm, so what we do get, though, is a Steve versus Steve fight. So Captain America in 2012 is fighting Captain America from 2023. And that was fun because the 2012 Cap was all, you know, good old American boy and I can do this all day. And he was just all chipper and ready. 2023 uh, Cap was like, look, I'm tired, fam. Let me just take you on real quick. I know you can do this all day. I'm tired. No, but that was a fun, that was a fun fight. Um, I know the stunt people had a blast shooting that because I would have loved to have been on set the day they shot that. That was amazing. Um, let's see. Okay, so in another part of New York, the Hulk has gone to get the time stone from Doctor Strange, but he doesn't know that Doctor Strange is not there yet. The Ancient One, played by Tilda Swinton? I know names, I promise. But I don't. Um, she's like, uh, hey fam, can't give you the stone. Doctor Strange's not here yet. You're about five years off. Because you know she knows things. And they go through their whole ordeal. She hits him in the chest and you see Banner come out of the Hulk's body, which was also fun. Fun callback to Doctor Strange's movie. Um, and then eventually he does get the stone from her after, you know, a long conversation about how time works, right? So she does the little thing with the line and she talks about how the stones are what... Stone, the stones, all of the stones are what, what are the words I'm looking for, are what direct time into a straight line. If you remove one, then a branch falls off and it's a new reality. So then Banner's like, but if we borrow the stones and then we bring them back, it's going to put time back where it was. Now, in the moment, I was like, okay, word, word, I believed it. I was like, look at y'all teaching me new stuff excuse me, about time travel or whatever. But we learn later that this is not correct and it's going to start something new. But I'll get to that when I get to that. But long story short, he gets the time stone. It's great. Um, wow, I have a lot of notes in here. I'm losing my spot. Let me create some space. Okay, so meanwhile, okay, this next scene. Meanwhile, they cut over to Thor in Asgard. Thor and Rocket go to Asgard to get the, man, I can't even remember the name of the stones. The red one. Reality stone. They go to get the reality stone or whatever, and Thor runs into his mom, who I'm pretty sure is the first of his family passed away, and that's when he just started deteriorating because that's his mama like of course i'd be distraught too so they run into each other she knows what's good she's like oh look it's my baby but you're not the current thor obviously look at him um they have their moments they have their conversation and she's just like encouraging him it's a really like cute soft moment and maybe the most words i've ever heard from that actress i don't even know if she got to talk that much in the previous movies but then Thor puts his hand out 
to see if um, Stormbreaker will come to him, and it does. And then he like gets real emotional. He's like, "I'm still worthy." And that part was the. <laughs> that part was the first time I got like real choked up. I didn't expect to be crying during this part of the movie, like because it was like one hell of a moment. Like I said, I super relate to what Thor's going through. Like, um, thank God I haven't lost people, but loss in general doesn't have to be like an external thing all the time sometimes an internal thing um and so just understanding loss and feeling less than and like just losing yourself and the weight gain and all those things like finding out like even in the midst of your depression even in the midst of not being your best self you are always worthy and I'm not finna cry on this camera. Shh. All I'm saying is I really felt that. I really felt that moment. It was so good. A short scene, but a great, like, still worthy. I loved it. But, so they get the, uh, they get the stone. Moving on to happier moments. Jesus Christ. Woo! Oh, I also noticed, I don't know if anyone noticed, when the guards were chasing a rocket through the hallway, they called him a rabbit. I was like, so are raccoons called rabbits in Asgard? Because, I don't know, I thought that was funny. Um, so, we're going right back to New York, because Asgard got the stone. Um, oh, we haven't gotten to uh, Vormir yet. We'll get there. We ain't there yet, but we'll get there. So, Tony and Steve um fail getting the tesseract the space stone um the blue one and so they also need more pin particles um that's something i forgot to mention before the pin particles hank pin's invention for time travel that's what they need to go back and forth they only have enough for each person to go where they're going and come back to the future um so tony's like look we failed but I know where we can go get the Tesseract and Pin Particles. So they go back to the 1970s, um, back to the base camp where Captain America was created, or, you know, yeah, where the Super Soldier was created. And on that same base, you have Stark Industries, because, you know, they're the ones creating the weapons. And then... Hank Penn is there for some reason, too. I don't... Told you, I'm a professional, not an expert. Hank Penn is also there. So, Tony goes to get the Tesseract. He runs into his daddy. They're having... He's having a moment. He's like, what? And they're having a conversation. Fatherhood. It was cute. And then um, he gets the Tesseract. And I like the moment when his father, Howard Stark, was leaving... Because, um, and let me make sure I get this name right. Let me take my, okay. Because his driver is Jarvis in human form, which is obviously probably like, you know, the, the butler, the, the butler and driver that was around when Tony was growing up. Because at this point, uh, Hank was talking, not Hank, Howard. 
Howard Stark was talking about how his wife is pregnant, pregnant with Tony. Um, and Jarvis is right there in human form. Now, you know that, like, in the original Iron Man movies, Jarvis was the voice in his computer and robot. So I was just like, oh, he named his tech after his butler that he had grown up with. That's real cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, maybe I mentioned that before. I just didn't remember or didn't realize. It was cute moment. Ooh, um, oh, also in the 1970s was our last cameo from Stan Lee. They aged him down. He was all hippie and whatnot. May he rest in peace. All right, that was a moment silent for Stan Lee. Um, so yeah, that's, that's his last cameo, but he made it all the way through, through this, uh, this beginning phase of the MCU. Whew, yeah. So, um, so Steve, okay, Steve has to go get the pin particles. And on his way to, I think he got, I think he got them. And then when he's like hiding away from people so he doesn't get caught, he runs into Peggy Carter's office. And he sees her through like the blinds, but she didn't notice him because she's working like the boss bitch that she is. And he's like, oh, it's Peggy. I just want to reach out and touch her. Or whatever. He has this little moment. But then they move on and everyone gets their stones. Yada, yada, yada. I'm missing a part in my notes. You know what? I must have forgot to type it down because I was just so engrossed. So, Morag and Bormir. Um, Rhodey and Nebula go to Morag to get the Power Stone. They run into Quill and they knock him out. Funny little moment. Call back to, you know, First Guardians of the Galaxy. But that's not the important part. The important part is Bormir and that is where uh, Natasha and, and Clint are headed. And as we all know, Vormir is where the Soul Stone is. And as we all know, in order to get the Soul Stone, you have to sacrifice a soul for the soul. So, Ned and Clint are just like looking at each other and they're like, oh my gosh. Well, I guess I know what we have to do. And then they start fighting over who's going to kill themselves to get the Soul Stone. Ultimately, Ned wins and Ned dies. Um, when Ned hit the ground... Tell me if I'm wrong, but did she hit the ground in the same pose that Gamora did? I don't know if she, I found that interesting. Um, but Clint leaves with the Soul Stone. It's a sad moment. Um, kind of unexpected. But I don't know. Everyone goes back home. And everyone except for Nat. And, you know, the rest of the squad is like, oh, snap, you know. Cap and Cap and Bruce were real close with her too, so everyone's just like standing by the lake being sad or whatever. Did not have a funeral funeral for her, but we'll touch on that later. So we've got all the stones from the past, right? Tony makes a new gauntlet out of his Iron Man tech. Oh, um, BT Dubs. This we are now into Act Three. Okay, Tony makes a new gauntlet. They put the stones on there and they're like, hey, who's going to do the snap? Because you know it's going to be a little dangerous. And 
Professor Hulk is like, look, I'm the only one like big enough to deal with the insert science word here. <laughs> and so he volunteers his tribute. He, you know, expands for his big old hand. And this is something I want to point out. I'm not sure if people noticed. The original gauntlet that Thanos had was on his left hand. But the new gauntlet that Tony just made is on the right hand. So I don't know if this like symbolism when when um Thanos had the gauntlet, stuff was going left, but now the Avengers have it and th and they're gonna make things right. I don't know. Don't go by me. I might be reaching, but I noticed. That's all that matters. Um, so he does the snap and it works. We don't see the full effect right away, but it worked. Because, and we know this, because um, Scott is looking out the window and he's seeing, like, birds come back. Because, remember, it's not just people, it's living creatures. So he's seeing some of the birds return. And it's like, oh. And then, oh, and I skipped over a step. Let me rewind a little bit. When they were in the past, um, time traveling and things, um, Nebula, Nebula's little brain trip. Nebula 2023's little brain chip connected with Nebula 2014's little brain chip. So Thanos was able to like log in and see what was going on. Gamora 2014 was there with them. And so he and blah, blah, blah. so they're like, oh word, this is what they're doing. Well, we gotta figure out how to beat them. So Gamora 2014 is like, hey, I'ma just switch out with homegirl. And she does. So when everyone comes back to 2023, that's actually Gamora from 2014. That's there, not the not the correct Gamora. So back to Act Three, when Professor Hulk does the snap and the little birds come back. In the meantime, while they're doing all of this, Bad Nebula is typing into the machine, and she brings Thanos from 2014 into 2023. So homeboy is back. And this is not washed Thanos. This is big bad Thanos who is fresh and kicking, okay? He's ready to to uh mess some stuff up. This is me trying not to cuss. Okay. He's ready to to toss some things around. So um Hulk does a snap. And things start to come back, but then Thanos' ship starts shooting all the missiles right at right at Avengers Tower. And it hits the window right where Scott is, and it happens so fast. I'm like, oh, did they just kill Scott in front of my right in front of my salad? Really? I really thought Scott was dead. But he uh shrunk it down somehow and made it. So everyone's in the rubble and things. Um I'm trying to think. Clint is the one with the gauntlet at this point. He has it. You know, tucked under his arm. And some of Thanos' little monsters are chasing him. Then Professor Hulk and Rhodey and Rocket are like under this water. They finna drown. And Ant-Man's like, hang on. I'm gonna come save y'all. We already knew what was gonna happen. He was gonna go down there and get big. You know, help them out. Which he did. And Tony and Cap and Thor... Um, they all kind of like find each other. They're all a little scraped up and things, but then they go outside of the rubble 
and there's Thanos just kicking it, waiting for them or whatever. Um, I'm doing this off of memory too, like I ain't got uh, <laughs> notes right in front of me. Um, no, I'm still on the right track. So the fight begins or whatever. Thanos is like, you know, taking him down. He's got this big wieldy sword thing. I don't know what you would call it. Cause like I said, I'm a professional, not an expert. Um, but it was watching, watching a fresh Thanos fight on some washed Avengers was very interesting. I was like, Y'all ain't no spring chickens no more, and y'all coming for Thanos, who is a lot younger, like 10 years younger than the one you fought before. Woo. Hang on to Japanese. Anyways, um, but you know, Gamora being Gamora, who's, you know, a good person, she links up with good Nebula, and then they take out a bad Nebula and whatnot. So Gamora's not like, you know, fighting with the good guys. And my man's Thick Thor. Okay, let's talk about Thick Thor, okay? The transformation was everything because my boo is confident now. My boo is worthy. He is here to fight, okay? Does the transformation. He's got his pullback is up down. He's got the braided in his beard. He's got the full ensemble. He's got um, Stormbreaker. And also the name of the big X that I cannot pronounce. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So he's got both in hand. And I'm just like, am I am I having a crush right now? I think I am. Shout out to Thick Zaddy Zor, Thor. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was just like a great rollout. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Oh, okay. And then, so, am I getting ahead of myself? No. No, 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 I'm not. Okay. So, they're fighting. They're fighting. It's like three on one. But Thanos is like a big, powerful guy, though. So, he's still holding his own, even without the gauntlet. Fighting. Taking him down. Thanos breaks up Cap's shield, which just shows you how strong that big sword thing was. Because that's my brain, my guy. But, you know, who knows what's out in space. So, vibranium is from space itself. So, yeah. Um, so, they're doing the thing. And then out of nowhere, Cap puts his hand out too. And then he gets Stormbreaker. And then Thor is like, I knew it. And I was like, I knew it too. This was a call. <laughs> okay, this... Okay, so a lot of people are probably like, why the heck is Captain America with Thor's hammer? I thought Thor was the only one who could use the hammer. That doesn't make sense. Let me take you back to another MCU movie that wasn't as popular. Avengers Age of Ultron. It was the second one. Um, I kind of liked Age of Ultron a little bit. There were some really good parts. But there was a scene where everyone was hanging out and having drinks and eating and stuff. And Thor's hammer was propped up. Everyone tried to like lean in and try to like pull it up, but of course it's not gonna budge because y'all not worthy. But when Captain America's turn came up, he leans in and starts pulling, and then that thing shifted a little bit. And it's so slight when you watch it the first time, you're like, "Did it? What? Did that happen?" 
but it's confirmed because you see it on Thor's face. Thor saw it too. We saw it, Thor saw it. But then they move on from that scene like pretty quickly. You kind of forget about it, but if you're a real nerd like I am, you think about it, you talk about it, you remember it. Um, I feel like my lighting is weird now. The sun didn't went down. This is my first time recording in the evening, so bear with me. I feel like I need a, a warmer tone, tone at this moment. Yeah, let's go here. It's a little warmer. Okay. So, yes, Thor's like, I knew it. And we knew it, too. And shout out to all the real fans who came out on that very first Thursday night like I did. Man, the nerds was losing it. I was losing it. Like, people was cheering and yelling. And, ooh, it was an event. It was an event. So fun. Um. So, yes, that's why Captain America has the hammer because he is also worthy. We don't know why. He just is. Um, so they're fighting Thanos, da 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 and then at a certain point, they're like, down. Like, Thanos is winning. He is taking them out, for real. Like, even to a point that you can see exposed bone in Cap's arm, and he has to, like, tighten the strap on his shield to hold himself together. Like, yikes. Um, but... Then out of nowhere, you can hear you can hear like a little crackle in Cap's earpiece, and then you hear a uh, Falcon's voice. He's like on your left, and again another past reference to I think Winter Soldier because um Sam and Sam and Steve were running, but you know Steve's super fast, so he kept lapping around Sam and he would just be like on your left on your left on your left that was a reference to that movie um so many callbacks like you really don't notice these little things unless you know <sighs> if you know you know so we hear Sam say on your left and everyone in the theater is like <gasps> at this moment like we're all just like and then you see the very first Doctor Strange portal open. And who comes out of that joint with the slow walk? T'Challa and Okoye and Shuri. Because why? Because why? Because the Russos knew who we was waiting for, okay? First of all, Okoye should have been in the movie way more than she was. Before we move on, I'm going to touch on this. I'm going to let it go. Only simply for the fact that I know that they really did shoot Black Panther, Infinity War, and Endgame back to back to back. So our Wakanda friends were pretty exhausted after a certain point. But all I'm going to say is, Okoye probably should have been in the movie a little bit more than that. That's all I'm saying. But you know the actors have other obligations as well. Denai Guerrero's on Walking Dead and whatnot. She's also, you know, a Broadway star and things. So I'm going to let it go. I just have wishes and wants and needs. But they were smart to have my people come out the portal first because Black Panther is what? Still the highest grossing solo movie in the entire MCU. Higher grossing than even the ones that came after. Oh, all right. Check that. <sighs> so I felt like that was like a, hey, um, 
Because first, you know, they've been dropping all these little moments. They're like, hey, movie fans, we see you. Hey, comic book fans, we see you. Oh, that was another thing I forgot to mention. I'm going backwards. Stick with me. Um, Professor Hulk is also a comic book reference. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me. Um, but yes, um, comic book fans, we see you. Our black people, our people of color fans, we see you because they knew that Black Panther was a phenomenon. They knew that we was coming to the theater to see our mans come back because why was he dust in the first place? Got Chadwick on red carpets talking about, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. I'm dead, okay? God. And they won't tell us Shuri died all after the fact. My blood pressure, man. But that's how you know, okay? The stars have arrived. But then after that, all the other portals were popping open. You see all the people. You get your Guardians of the Galaxies was popping up. Little Spider-Man popped up. Even Pepper Potts in, in her uh in her lady iron her iron lady suit popped up. Valkyrie on her Pegasus rolled in. Uh, all the wizards, some extra wizards we ain't never seen before. Everybody from Wakanda rolled in there. I saw I saw my little my little cameo from my boo uh Mbaka. I sing you boo. Um <laughs> It was like everyone just rolled in like What's good, fam? And then the battle began. And oh, um, and then as we knew what was gonna happen, giant Ant-Man popped up and was uh set free uh Hulk and Rocket and Rhodey. Now Rhodey had on like a brand new suit. Where did that come from? Did he have that in his pocket? I don't know. Um, Tony, I have questions. Because the old suit was abandoned, so where did the new one come from? Someone answer that for me. So that's the one thing I don't know. I'm a professional, not an expert. Um, um, yeah. So even Hope flew in, and I like how I like how Hope showed up because she showed up looking around, like you knew she was looking for Scott, and that is love. I felt it. I was like, oh, he was looking for you, and now you're looking for him. But. I don't know. I was just so excited. I literally was just like laid back in my seat, just enthralled by what was happening to me. Like we knew they was coming back. We knew Hulk fixed it, but like in the midst of like all the rubble and, and whatnot, you kind of forgot, Hey, reverse snap guys. We're on our way. Oh, it was just, it was great. It was great. I feel myself getting emotional behind it again. I don't know. It was so good. Um, okay, and then Cap hits us with the Avengers Assemble. It was great. <laughs> um, okay, so when Tony and Peter reunited, oh, that was so sweet. It was so sweet. Um, he hugged him and everything. It was sweet. Um, Tom Holland is still the greatest Spider-Man of all time. And you can argue your mama on that one because it's just a fact. It's not even an opinion. But anyways... Um, Quill reunited with Gamora was fun because Gamora doesn't know who he is. Not really. So she hit him with the, don't put your hands on me. Um, okay. Let's talk about gauntlet football. So at a certain point, we had to get the gauntlet over to, uh, Ant-Man's little brown van so they could get the stones back in time. 
Um, they were just trying to get the stones out of the scene. I guess they figured they was going to fist fight the army in the meantime, but whatever. So, starts with Black Panther. He's being athletic than a mug. Um, that was fun to watch, which we deserve. I was like, we need something from Wakanda. Dang. Um, and then it goes to Spider-Man. Spider-Man goes into his little kill mode, which is a callback to uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and then push come to shove. Oh, then eventually Carol Danvers comes back, Captain Marvel. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, I didn't even need to go see Captain Marvel before this movie and da 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 First of all, I still believe you needed to see Captain Marvel before this movie because you would have had even more stupid questions for us on the timeline. But you can't, you can't have Carol in the entire movie and still have, you know, a storyline because she's OP than a mug, like overpowered. She's super overpowered. She is stronger than everyone. She's stronger than even Thanos. And in the midst of the one-on-one hand-on-hand combat, Carol is about to have him. The only, the only, um, she's about to have him all on her own. She's about to get that gauntlet right up off his hand. The only reason that it didn't work is because Thanos used the power stone. He had to use a power stone to get Carol off of him. That's how strong she is. That's how strong she is. She, he was literally taking out all the dudes. He was fighting Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man three to one by himself without a gauntlet. But he had to use the stone to get Carol off one to one. Don't come for Captain Marvel. She's strong. So back to gauntlet football. So when it comes back down to Peter and he can't take it further no more, Carol dives in and tries to help. And he's like, hey, I'm Peter Parker. He's so adorable. Um, and this is like just a moment, right? When all the Marvel women got information, when they got information, I lost it. I lost it. I literally screamed out in the movie theater. And even though on like the, on the opening night, you know, this is a community that's in, there's real fans in there. So we were all very quiet at the right moments and we all cheered at the right moments too. But when I tell you I screamed out, I said, I don't even remember what I said. I said something about bad bitches. I yelled that out in the middle, it, out for the entire theater to hear. I loved it. And it's also as great of a moment as it was. Oh, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm going too fast. So much happened, but I don't want this move, this video to be like forever and a day long. So, um, going back a little bit, I just want to note that, um, Scarlet Witch also had your boy real shook. Had uh, Thanos real shook. I need y'all to not sleep on the Marvel women, especially the ones with superpowers, okay? Because they coming for that. Mm. And you know, I never was a Wanda fan, but she, she, she came. She came to give the girls what they wanted. I loved it. But y'all already knew that. Um, gosh. So, all my ladies got information. I thought it was beautiful. I lost it. So, this is another, like, 
hey, we see you moment. Like I said, they, they said, we see you to the movie fans. We see you to the comic fans. We see you to our community of black and brown people. And now they say, hey, ladies, we see you too. I just thought it was so good. And I do want to address another Instagram comment because I'm, I'm, I ain't got time for none of y'all. A lot of, a lot of, um, bros and a handful of pick were talking about how they thought all of the Marvel women getting together was pandering and not realistic. So... How is that not realistic? A bunch of women coming together and working together is not realistic? Women fighting together and not each other is not realistic? Because in the beginning, when there was four, five, six different men and just one woman who barely had lines, y'all didn't say that was pandering to men. So how is this moment pandering to women? Something to think about. If I had a cup of tea, I'd sip it right now. Anyways, so in the end, um, before the gauntlet can get back to the time machine, um, Thanos gets it. He just ends up getting it. He's about to snap his fingers. But, um, Where's this hair coming from? Anyways, when he's like charging up or whatever, Tony and Doctor Strange make eye contact and Doctor Strange puts up his finger like, this is the one chance that one out of whatever 14 million scenarios he was talking about, this is the one. And so Tony realizes what he has to do. He goes in there and he tries to pull the gauntlet off, or at least that's what we think he's doing. So, you know, now remember, this is a Iron Man gauntlet. It's not a regular one. So Thanos pushes him off of him and then he snaps his fingers. But then it's like nothing happened. Why? Because the stones ain't on there no more. Now they're over on Iron Man. And the use of the lines in this moment, ugh. So Thanos is like, I am, I am inevitable. And then he does a snap and nothing happens. Then Tony, who has the stones, and they're like burning up his body already, he says, I am Iron Man. And then snap. And the I am Iron Man line, I lost it. Because that's literally the final line of the first Iron Man movie. When he admits to the world that he's Iron Man. I am Iron Man. Like what? The very beginning... And the very end, the callbacks. So he snaps and Thanos' entire army and ships and little monsters and everything, everyone is dusted. And then at the last second, Thanos is dusted and they're all gone forever. Um, not including Gamora. I don't think Gamora got dusted. People were saying Gamora got dusted too. I don't think she did. I think she just left. Because she don't know them. Um, but Tony passing, wow. Now, I'm not going to... Now, I'm going to say that it was very much a well-acted moment. Very much emotional moment. However, I did not cry. 
and that's saying a lot because I'm a crybaby. But I did not cry this part because I knew it was coming. I knew Tony was going to die. Um, especially because I thought he was going to die in Infinity War. Um, but since he did not die, he almost did, but he did not. I was like, well, it's definitely happening in Endgame. So I was not surprised. Um, it still was a beautiful moment, though. I'm sad for his daughter. But at least there's a start there to, you know, carry on the legacy and whatnot. Um, and his funeral was really nice. It was like a big curtain call because everybody was there. Like, literally everybody. Even, like, the uh, auxiliary characters. Like, everybody from all the MCU movies was in that joint, including... One person that I don't think people recognize. Um, and it didn't click to me at first, but I knew that boy's face looked uh, familiar. There's a young teenage boy there who he who was in Iron Man 3. He was the little boy from Iron Man 3. His name was Harley Keener. He was at the funeral too. Because, um, you know, assuming they still kept in touch. Like, Tony gave him all that tech and stuff at the end of the movie. Like, they were still in touch. So that's who that was. And yes, that was the same actor too, which made sense to me because I was like, his face is familiar. Yeah, that was that little boy. Um, so everyone's moving on with their lives. Um, before I move on to them moving on, I just think it's funny how Tony gets this big old funeral and that's fine. He deserved it. But like, all we did was like throw a bench for Natasha. Where's her funeral? I don't know. Oh, and I'm getting ahead of myself again. Back to uh, Tony Trudeau. I like that they had that, uh, that his first little thing, his first little heart, metal heart thingy. They said proof that Tony Stark has a heart. And then they put that on the water. You know, extra callbacks. Just layering it on thick. I love it though. Layer it on real thick. I love it. But yeah, Natasha deserved better. Um. Anyways. Um, so Thor's out here, you know, he's besties with Rocket or whatever. So now he's hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy, or as we should call them, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. I thought that was a cute joke. Um, and Valkyrie was left in charge of new Asgard. So that's cool. That's fun. Now, there is another scene where they, um, they send Captain America back to the past to return all the Infinity Stones, because they think that that will keep things the way it's supposed to be, right? So, and you gotta, you have to, like, really pay attention to the dialogue at this point, because they kind of tell you what's about to happen before it even happens. So, first, Banner is like, um, Cap will have all the time he needs, but to us, it'll just be five seconds. Because, you know, time or whatever. It does different things. Um, and then Bucky and Cap have their have an exchange like they're saying goodbye. Um, and Bucky says, don't do any... Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I can't remember who said. One of them says, don't do anything stupid while I'm gone. And the other one says something like, you know, I left all the stupid with you. And, or you're taking all the stupid with you. 
Yes, okay, okay, okay. Cap says, don't do anything stupid while I'm gone. And Bucky says, uh, how can I? Because you're taking all the stupid with you. Which is callback to, I'm assuming the first Captain America. I don't think this is Winter Soldier. It was the first Captain America where the lines were reversed. Bucky was leaving and told him, don't do anything stupid and yada, yada, yada. So, cute little callback to their bestie moments. And so... Steve puts all the stones back, for sure. Um, yes, Natasha is still dead. Because, I mean, I'm like, they may as well just kept the soul stone. Because you don't get her back just because you put the stone back, right? I don't think so. I think she's still dead. Um, I guess it just resets the playing field for someone else to die for the stone later. Um, yeah, whatevs. Um, so, anywho, so they do the time machine thing, he puts the stone back, five, four, three, two, one, then they're like, hey, he didn't come back, what's happening, where did he go, da, 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 so then, you know, Bucky turns his head, and he sees, in the, we see in the distance, a little figure sitting on the bench, right, Bucky somehow already knows what's good, so he tells Sam to go over there, and is revealed to be a super old Captain America. Um, now, this is something I didn't really even think about until after my second viewing. This version of Captain America has to be like 120 years old. Um, but thanks to the magic that is YouTube and people who are experts, because I'm just professional, not an expert. <laughs> Shout out to the experts who make YouTube videos to explain the things that I missed. Um, so Captain America went back in time and spent his life with Peggy. Beautiful. Happily ever after. Um, Peggy aged like a normal person and passed away at her normal time, like we've seen in the past MCU movies. Now, Cap is still alive and has not aged that much, even though he's like 120 years old or something like that. At least, at least 110. Um... He is still alive and looks no more than 75 because the super soldier's serum is still in his body. So, yes, he does age, but just not as fast because his body is still pretty industrial. Um, so that made perfect sense to me. So when Sam's talking to old man Cap, um, Joe Biden Cap, <laughs> he get. He gives his, uh, well, Sam is like, I can't imagine a world without Captain America. So old man Cap gives his shield to Sam. And so I'm like, so is Sam supposed to be the new Captain America? And the answer is yes, because this is another nod to the comic books. At some point in the comic books, Sam, who used to be the Falcon, becomes the new Captain America. Black Cap, who knew? Um, I learned, you know, this movie is very educational, honestly. <laughs> I learned a lot from it. Um, so, then, so, uh, there's a nice little soft ending. It's showing various scenes with, like, people being back home and reuniting with people. And you see Spider-Man back in high school, and he reunites with his homie Ned. Now, we have to remember, this is a five- year difference so if Ned didn't age during that time I'm so sorry excuse me 
if Ned hasn't aged, so if he didn't age during that time period, then clearly he must have been dusted too. And same goes for his whole squad because the new Spider-Man uh, trailer that just came out, everyone's the same age. Everyone's on the school trip. Nobody's in college. If someone had survived, they would be in college. So I'm guessing all of his squad got dusted. They were just in the unlucky half. Um, and I suppose maybe that would be something to address later, but I'm going to need them to, you know, keep up with it. Because now the MCU is four years ahead of where we are now. Just something to think about. But, um... It was really nice ending. You know, the last thing we see is uh, Steve slow dancing with Peggy like he promised. So cute. And then you have the final credits. The final credits really remind me. And um, this is for a niche market, what I'm about to say. But the final credits really remind me of the very end of Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. Um, when they're showing like the images of everybody that's been in like all the movies and the roll call and then like the big moment for the big stars at the end. Just throwing that out there. Um, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But so I'm just going to go ahead and wrap this up because this is officially my longest episode ever. But this is a three hour movie. We had so much to talk about. Um... So there's a lot planned in the near future. Like I said, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out this summer. So I'm excited about that. Um, with the new Disney streaming service coming out next year, there is supposed to be a show for Bucky and Sam. So maybe it's about how Sam becomes the new Captain America or whatever. And Bucky may be helping him or whatever. Um, Loki's supposed to be getting a show guess they said in the past or maybe it's a alternate uh you know universe oh because again getting ahead of myself the the removal of the stones and then putting them back did what the uh i'm really tired y'all please please stick with me the ancient one Woo. Remember how the ancient ones had taken one out, you know, creates a new time path and whatnot? I think deep down she was right. So now our uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is becoming a Marvel Cinematic Multi-Universe. So MCMU, I'm ready for you. Um, and that's mentioned in the Spider-Man trailer. So um, being that Spider-Man Far From Home is the first movie of the new wave, um... We're going to get into that, and I'm excited. I'm ready to see where we're going to go with that, because I need Miles Morales and I need Riri Williams in my life. Thank you. Um, so, with that said, um, there's also a Black Widow film in the works. I'm wondering how that's going to be, because she's dead. And not dusted dead. She's dead dead. Um, so maybe it's going to be alternate universe. I don't know. Whatever they do, I'm going to be in a the theater. I'm going to watch it. Um, Black Panther 2 and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 have already been announced. I'm ready for that. Um, 
if anyone could pass this video off to Ryan Coogler or anyone on the casting team for Black Panther, I'm ready. I'm taking his hat off for y'all to know. Like, I am, I'm already bald. I will shave this. I'm ready to be Adora, okay? I've got pictures of me in cosplay. Your girl's ready. Your girl's committed. Okay. Yes. Um. Um. This is a new window for possible new Avengers, possible young Avengers. There's so many opportunities now with this whole uh, multi-universe option. I'm here for it. I don't care what anyone has to say. Um, because, you know, the only... Even though I knew Tony was going to die, the only reason I wanted him to live was for the development of Riri Williams. But what I think they could do and what would be really dope is if in one of the alternate timelines if a young tony stark played by a new actor because robert downey jr he's tired he's done and i completely understand it's been a really long time he's been doing this for 11 years um a young tony stark could mentor up a riri williams if they just like recast him just for the purpose of that or use the tony holograms like i was doing before i don't know I would be so here for it. So here for it. I just want Riri and Miles Morales. And when y'all do X-Men, I want y'all to recast all of them with some, um, I mean, you know, whatever you do, just pick a, a good Storm. A fully black, brown to dark skinned Storm who has, like, agency. All right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there because that's just gonna get me on a tangent. So, like I said, this is the Binge Bay Podcast. I'm your girl Alexandra the Great. Thank you for being patient with me because I'm so tired and it's past my bedtime. It is what? Oh my God! It's nine ten. Way past my bedtime. Um, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed. And there is more to come soon. So stay tuned in. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Binge Bay Pod. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Her Name Is Great. And the Patreon is not officially up yet. But you know what? I think in the meantime, I'm just going to make a, I don't know if it's pronounced Kofi or Coffee, K-O-F-I. I'm going to make one of those pages because your girl just wants, needs a few donations to help her get by. Um, I really need a camera. Cause this is computer's fine because but this quality is not good enough i'm trying to give y'all the best i'm just trying to give y'all the best so with that said thank you again for tuning in peace out peace love